Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Hello, I'm Marty Baker, and I'd like to welcome you to Stevens Creek Church. Oh, we're so glad that you've tuned in today. Now, if you've ever been to the creek, then you know that I like to start with something funny. Did you hear about the country grandma that went out on her front porch every morning to thank the Lord for another day? Now, her, her neighbor didn't believe in God. He would shout back, oh, there's no such thing as the Lord. One day, he overheard her asking God to give her groceries for the week. He snuck over the next morning and put some groceries on her front porch. She got up and said, thank you, Lord, you did it again. He laughed and laughed and said, oh, God didn't give you those groceries, I put them there. She said, oh, thank you, Lord, you not only gave me the groceries, but you made the devil pay for it. <laughs> I like it even though you don't. Oh, that's funny. Well, today we're concluding our series, What's Next? Now, this series has focused on four things. I want to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. We believe that the spiritual life involves taking steps. So watching today, I know that there are people who are at different stages in their journey. But wherever you are, whether you're investigating Christianity, maybe a new believer, or even a seasoned saint, I believe that God is prompting you to move forward in your faith. He didn't want you to be stagnant. He wants you to step out and make a difference. You see, I believe that we have the power to change our world. We can make our world, our city, a better place. God has placed us here together at this particular time for His purpose. Today, I want to open up the pages of the Bible to a story in Luke chapter 19. Here we see Jesus is closing out His ministry on earth, and He's headed into Jerusalem for the last time. At this point, Jesus sent two of his disciples to get a donkey for him to ride into the city. In doing so, he fulfilled a 500-year-old prophecy. Now, scholars call this the triumphal entry or the Palm Sunday story. You may have heard the story. As Jesus was riding into town on the donkey, people started waving palm branches and putting their cloaks on the road. This was a common custom for royalty in those days. It would be like our red carpet treatment in, in today's world. They shouted out, Oh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It was a very exciting day for the people and for the disciples. But Jesus had a different reaction. In verse 41, it says this, As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you... Even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. Notice the words in verse 41. Saw the city and he wept over it. Jesus loved the city of Jerusalem and he loved the people in it. So much so he wept over them because he knew that most of them were unwilling to accept his message and that that decision would lead them down a path of great pain. Now, for three years, Jesus had preached a message of love and forgiveness. He had encouraged the people to change directions. 
But for the most part, his message was ignored. So here we see Jesus riding in Jerusalem for the last time. In the midst of all of this celebration, his heart was broken. The people were rejoicing, but Jesus wept because he knew what was ahead. Later that week, Jesus was betrayed. He was falsely accused, he was arrested, and he was crucified. That's the bad news. The good news is that he didn't stay in the grave. On the following Sunday morning, he came back to life. After the resurrection, Jesus met his disciples over the next 40 days, and he reminded them that his work was not over. Now, he challenged them to carry the message. Jesus told them that he was going to give them a new energy, a new power to accomplish the mission. Jesus said for them to go and to wait in the city of Jerusalem. Yes, Jerusalem, that same city that Jesus wept over. You see, his heart was still breaking for his adopted hometown. Listen to his words in Acts chapter 1-8. He said, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. At this point, Jesus transferred the responsibility of the ministry to his disciples, that is to his followers. Jesus said, I am challenging you to reach this city. He said, you will be my witnesses. And this is the same challenge that we have today. Jesus called us to reach this city. Did you know that you were called to be a witness? Now, when we hear someone has been called as a witness, we immediately think about a courtroom. But that's not the case here. Jesus does not say that you are to be a witness for me. You are to be my witness. Now, what is a witness? A witness is somebody who just tells what they've seen, heard, observed, or experienced about the person on trial. A witness says, this is what I saw. This is what's happened to me. Nobody can be a better witness of what God has done in your life than you. You are the authority on your life. And God says, I just want you to tell other people what has happened to you. When you do this, you'll make a positive difference in your world. And when Jesus told his followers to witness, he began He said to begin in Jerusalem and then in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, why Jerusalem? Why? Because they were living in Jerusalem at the time. Here's the point. Jesus is saying, first, I want you to start at home. I want you to make a difference here at home. I want you to start with the people closest to you in your own city, in your own community, in your own neighborhood. I want you to love your city. Now, this is our hometown. Patty and I were married when we were at Lee University, and after graduation, we were willing to go anywhere the Lord would send us. We talked about going to California. We talked about Florida. At one point, we talked about Texas. We were willing to go anywhere But along with that willingness, we had this desire for our kids to have a hometown. When we first moved here, we didn't think this was it. 
We went through a season where we thought anywhere but here. But here's how it played out. Our, our first child died about a year after we moved here. We had to buy cemetery plots. We were in the mindset anywhere but here. So we bought plots 60 miles from here near my parents' house. Over 30 years later, we're still here. He may not have lived here as long as we have, but right now, this is your hometown. This is your Jerusalem. You may be here at Fort Gordon for three years. You may be here in medical school for four years. You may be passing through as a short-term contractor at Plant Vogel. But I believe that God has planted you here at this particular time for His purpose. God has planted you here. Now, some of you are struggling with that thought right now. You want to be anywhere but here. But you're here. And I want you to encourage, I want to encourage you to bloom where you're planted. You see, I believe that God has planted you here at this particular time for His purpose. You and I are to serve Christ and His church. God raised up Stevens Creek to be a church, not only in this city, but we're to be a church for this city. We are a church that loves our city. We're here to be a witness for Christ. Now, as a witness for Christ, we will do four things. First of all, we will shine a light in our city. Listen to the words of Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your lights shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. God wants you to be a light in this community. When a light is shining brightly, it provides direction. It protects. It gives clarity. We are God's light in this city, and we must shine brightly. You are a leader. You know, a leader is a person of influence, and I believe that if you're a part of Stevens Creek Church, you are a leader in this community. Now, you may not realize it, but you are a person of influence. You may not feel like it, but yes, you are. You have the potential to impact the lives of others in a noticeable way. You have an effect on other people. Think about it this way. If you're a parent, then you have an enormous influence in the lives of your children. Grandparents, you have an influence in the lives of your children and grandchildren. How about our school teachers and our business leaders? You have this opportunity to make an impression on people every day, far more than you even imagine. Many of you have leadership responsibilities in the workplace. You have an effect on people every single day. Those who lead small groups in ministries here at Stevens Creek Church, you're influencing other lives, especially in the season in which we've been in. We've never seen anything like we have witnessed over the last several weeks. And God has raised many of you up to be people of influence. And so your attitudes, your behaviors, your choices, your words, and even your facial expressions make a difference in people's 
everyday lives. We're called here to speak life even in the midst of challenging situations. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16, it says, Let your light shine before others that they may see good deeds, your good deeds, and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, what's the best way you can do this? Do you want me to be practical? How can you let your light shine? It's real practical. You've heard me say this before. Be nice to people. Be nice to people. Be nice to people you see uh, in the neighborhood. Be nice to people that you work with. Be nice to people out in the marketplace. That's where it all starts. Just be nice. Just show up at work with a kind heart and a good attitude. Show up and simply be willing to roll up your sleeves and be nice to people. That's letting your light shine. That's making a difference. Then you can take it up a notch and be kind. That means lend a helping hand. That brings light. Before you know it, you'll be shining the light of Jesus in this city. Now, as a witness of Christ, we're going to do four things. Here's the second one. We will serve our city. God has placed us here for His purpose. You are put here to serve God. Now, the way you serve God is by serving other people. He didn't put you here on earth to live a self-centered life. God wants you to make a contribution with your life. He wants you to give something back. God has given you a lot of gifts. So use your talents and your abilities, your background, your experience, your time, your energy to help others. And when you do that, it's called ministry. And contrary to popular opinion, everybody is a minister. Not everybody is a pastor, but everybody is to serve using the abilities that they've been given. We all can make a difference. We all can serve. Your service, your labor really matters. Your service really matters even if you don't think it makes a big deal. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 42, it says, And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is my disciple, I'll tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. In God's eyes, your service really matters. Some of you think that your work doesn't matter, but it does. You may never know the impact that your service will have. People in our community need help. I'll tell you, they need help now more than any time in recent days. And we want to help them. God has poured out His blessings on us. And we as God's people, we as Stevens Creek Church, we want to give back. Some of you have no idea the significance uh, of small acts and how it really matters and how you can make a difference. I'll never forget, years ago, our cupboards were bare. We were broke. God prompted a lady named Pat Yates to buy us groceries. She came over to our house, she rang our doorbell, and she had a trunk load of food. It may not have been a big deal for her, but it was huge. It was big to us at the time. We needed help. We didn't have food in our house. And she helped us. Could it be that God brought you here for a reason? 
that he brought you here to serve, that he wants you to give back, that he wants you to use your talents and abilities and influence to help others. He wants you to serve. And we are going to love our city by serving. I said there's four things we're going to do. Now here's number three. As a witness for Christ, we will share our faith in Jesus. Let's go back to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. God says, I want you to share the good news with the people first in your Jerusalem, with the people in your hometown. It doesn't start in some foreign country. It starts in our own backyard. It starts in your own country with people who are closest to you, those who are in contact with you all the time. People need the Lord. And I believe they're interested in spiritual things now more than ever. They need someone who will love them enough to listen to them, to extend a helping hand, to lead them to a better life. We're going to do that. We're going to do that at Stevens Creek Church. We're going to love God and we are going to love people. We're going to roll up our sleeves. We're going to be relational. We're going to build relationships with people who are far from God. Because you see, when we do that, God's going to give us an opportunity to help um, Help them take their next step. How do you do that? A lot of times you do that by just listening, just being attentive as you talk with your friends. Listen um, for three knots. First of all, when they're talking, and anytime you hear one of these, take time to say, hey, why don't you come to church with me? You'll hear these three knots. First of all, you'll hear them say, uh, things are not going well. You may hear them talk about cutbacks at the office or some uh, sickness or some disease or my, my spouse is sick. Things aren't going well. When you hear them say this, then take the next step and invite them to a small group. Invite them to church. Here's the second night. Not, I am not prepared for, and then you just fill in the blank. You know, they may say, oh, we brought this baby home from the hospital and we were not prepared for that. Or possibly you'll hear them say, oh, we moved uh, and we put our kids in a new school and we're not prepared for that. Here's the third knot. When you hear somebody say, oh, I am not from here. You may hear this a lot over the next few months. Oh, I'm not from here. I just moved to town. You see, our city is growing faster than it has in many years. When you hear these three knots, your response should be, oh, Really? You should come to church with me this Sunday. You see, God has placed Stevens Creek in this community so that we can be a safe place where people can come and hear the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. If you'll invite your friends, we will work hard to create a welcoming atmosphere so your friends will feel comfortable. Now, let's practically, that welcoming atmosphere during this season in our life could be a small group. It'd be some type of a serving team. But what we do when we get in small groups is that we work to break down barriers with your friend and God. And we'll use anything possible to try to start that conversation and help them to understand that they matter to God and if they matter to God, they matter to this church. If you will do what we can't do, 
we will do what you may feel uncomfortable in doing. I can't invite your friends to my small group or, or to even church when it starts back, but you can. And some of you may not feel comfortable in leading people to Christ, but I am. If you will do what I can't do, I'll help you do what you may feel uncomfortable in doing. We're partners. We are a spiritual family, and we take this seriously. We want to share the message. We really believe that lost people matter to God, and since they matter to God, they really do matter to us. I said there's four things. As a witness for Christ, here's number four. We will pray for our city. God has given us an opportunity to be a part of what He is doing in this community. I believe that we create the future through prayer. We pray things into being. We are going to pray over our city. We are going to pray that the kingdom comes and God's will is done in heaven and on earth. We pray, God, let your kingdom be established in me and in this city. Let righteousness, peace, and joy flood our city. When we pray that, I believe that God's power is released throughout uh, our city as a result of our prayers. So we're going to ask God to give us eyes so that we can see His Spirit move and give us uh, eyes to see our church and community as we've never seen them before. We're going to ask God to break our hearts for those who are hurting and lonely and confused and discouraged and exhausted. A lot of people are exhausted and fearful and angry and ill and homeless and spiritually or physically hungry. We're going to pray that God will send a wave of spiritual growth across Augusta and the surrounding areas across our nation and the world. I believe that God answers prayer. So let me ask you a question. Who do you think will never come to Christ? Who's that one person in your sphere of influence, that one person in your world that will never come to Christ? That's the person we want to pray for. We're in the final week of our 21 days of prayer. Not only is this the final week of our 21 days of prayer, this is Holy Week. Today is Palm Sunday. Next Sunday is Easter Sunday. And so I want you to join with us and pray. Every day this week at 7 a.m., we have been joining together as a church to pray. To pray for our church, to pray for our city, to pray for our nation. To pray that God would get glory out of our work, that God would get glory out of this situation that we've been dealing with, that God would heal our land, that God would continue to, to sweep across this land and, and show mercy upon us. And so we've been meeting every uh, morning at 7 a.m. on Facebook Live. We haven't been able to join together physically, but we have been tied together in the Holy Spirit and so don't, um, don't stop now. God is moving and God has already done miracles. He has already turned things around. He has already brought good things out of the very difficult season that we've been in. And He is not finished. 
He is not finished. You can look around our city, you can look around our church and your family. He's not finished with what he's going to do. And so we cannot stop praying and we cannot stop believing and we cannot stop standing in faith. And so this week, as we begin Holy Week, use this time as a time of reflection. Use this time to get the junk out of your life. Say, God, get the junk out of my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit. And use this time to invite your friends to faith. And if you'll do that, you will make a difference in their lives and you will make a difference in our world. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God's blessing will be upon you and upon your family. And that God will use this message to inspire us to inspire us to roll up our sleeves and go to work. We've got a lot of work to do and we need you. And we need God's spirit. We need you to pray and to believe. We need you to give. Stevens Creek Church is, uh, the ministries are funded by people just like you and me. And we've been disjointed over the last several weeks but the ministry has uh, ramped up and we're doing things that we have, uh, could not have been doing uh, in previous times. We've been given opportunities. I think about our help just with uh, food distribution through our Dream Center. Just the numbers have increased because of uh, the school lunch program. We're working with Richmond County to, to feed under-resourced children. All of the ministries that we do it takes money to do that. And I want you to consider setting aside the tithe and offerings and let this be an opportunity that we fund the work that God has for us. God's gonna change this world because of you and your work and your generosity. And together we're gonna to see a great move. I believe we're gonna see a revival. So we are believing God for the best in the days ahead. Are you ready to pray? So, very practically, I believe that the Lord calls you to listen to this service today and to be a part of it because you're a part of our church family. As a part of your church family, I'm your pastor. I just want to pray for you. I've been praying for you uh, over the last several weeks very in, um, with great intention. And I just want to cover you. And I want to believe uh, that God is going to move and God's going to answer the prayers that you've been offering up. Are you ready to pray? Let me pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray a blessing upon our church family, those watching right now. Uh, God, I ask that you would have mercy upon them. I pray, Father, that you would touch them and you would provide resources from unexpected places. Father, this has been a challenging season financially. God, I know that you are our provider. And so, Lord, I pray for every family, and specifically those families that have gone through financial uh, difficulties and challenging times. God, I ask that you would show yourself great, show yourself powerful, and let them see a miracle in their lives. 
Father, we also know the greatest miracle is the miracle of salvation. And for those that are watching today or in service today that have never made that decision, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, say that. Say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, today I want to make you the Lord of my life. Will you say this? Make me into the kind of person you'd have me to be. I give my life to you. Save me. And Father, as they pray that prayer, I ask God that you would uh, do the only thing, that what we can't do, God, that you can reach down and change that person and save that person. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. I ask God that you would allow your spirit to flow uh, into every space that this broadcast uh, is being aired in right now. God, if they're meeting together in a living room with their small group, or if they're driving down the highway listening to a podcast, I pray, God, that in that environment right now, that your presence would be strong, that your anointing would be there, and that, God, that you would restore hope. God, we need hope that, yes, it's going to get better. We need hope to be reminded that you're still on the throne. We surrender the situation. We surrender our lives to you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for being a part of our service this week. We know that church is a lot more than just a building. Church is the people. You're the church and I'm the church. And together, we're going to be strong and the best days are, are ahead. God bless you. See you next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.